0: Welcome to the Anchor Daily. We're reading through the Gospel of Mark and reflecting on Jesus, whose death and resurrection paid the penalty for our sins and achieved victory over death. Have you ever seen something so astonishing you couldn't believe it? Or maybe you didn't see it yourself, but when someone shared it with you, it sounded so outlandish you didn't believe them. When 9-11 happened, I was in my early years of high school. I had a small TV in my room that had a feature to come on like an alarm. The morning of 9-11, it turned on, and I was seeing the news about the first tower having been hit. I remember staring at it and being so perplexed by what was going on, especially after having just woken up. Then the second plane hit. By then I knew something major was happening. So I went into my mom's room, where she was still asleep, and I tried to tell her what was happening. In her sleepy stupor, she dismissed what I was sharing and went back to sleep as it wasn't time for her alarm to go off yet. I'm sure it sounded too outrageous to be true. Then as the day went on and she saw the news herself, she came to understand and believe what had happened. Hi everyone, this is Aaron White, and today we are at the conclusion of the book of Mark, chapter 16, where we will see the need, as disciples, to encounter the resurrected Christ and faithfully follow him. In chapter 16, we are getting Mark's recounting of the Resurrection morning. Starting in verse 1, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, bought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. Let's stop there and point out a couple things. First of all, this is the third time Mark lists the names of women attending the cross, burial, and the empty tomb of Jesus. This is notable for a few reasons one of which is that listing proper names, which was unusual for Mark, certifies the validity of the events. Even more noteworthy is the repetition of the list of names, and the most significant is that it was women. Now the opinion of women in those days, in that culture, especially in the Jewish community and in religious matters, was not always positive. As James Edwards says in his commentary on Mark, unless women were actually present at the tomb, the early church would scarcely have placed them there since Judaism did not accept the testimony of women. The testimony of women is, however, entirely in character with the divine economy. Those whose testimony is discounted in human society are the first to be included in the divine society. We left off with the women bringing spices to anoint Jesus's body that they expected to find in the tomb. Normally, the anointing would take place at the time of burial. However, That was taking place so late in the day that it caused them to have to wait until after the Sabbath. Anointing was not meant to prevent bodily decay, but rather to perfume the body as an act of devotion. Now let's see what happens as they arrive at the tomb, picking up at verse 3. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they put him. We have arrived at the heart of the Easter story. This is the gospel. The empty tomb is the first place where the good news is preached, and it comes from the angel. The resurrection is not proven from the empty tomb, but the empty tomb is made meaningful because of the resurrection. Our faith lies not only in the life or death of Jesus or the empty tomb, but in the resurrected Jesus. As Edward says in his commentary, it is an encounter with the resurrected Lord, not the empty tomb, that produces faith. Finishing out the chapter in verse 7, with the angel still speaking to the women, But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you. They went out and ran from the tomb. Because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them, and they said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. If you are in front of your Bible now, or if you go back to it later, you will likely see a note after verse 8 that says verses 9 through 20 do not appear in the earliest manuscripts. It is arguably a strange way for Mark to end it with saying the women did not say anything to anyone. It is likely that others pulled from other New Testament passages to make the ending with verses 9 through 20. This should not lead us to worry about the accuracy of the Bible, however. We know this information about the early manuscripts because scholars are hard at work to determine the exact accuracy of every verse we study. Inerrancy says the words of the Bible are perfect in the original manuscripts. We know there is a little room for error after that, but we take guard with what we study, and we know that we have the words of Scripture extremely close to the originals, with the few debated parts not saying anything that would undermine any essential truth. So we leave off with Mark ending his gospel with saying the women were afraid. By the time Mark is writing this, though, everyone knew that the women did not keep this news to themselves, as you can see in the other gospel accounts. But Mark leaves us with a point of shock that can lead us to contemplate what would have happened if the women didn't go and share. Would the gospel have ended there? Will the gospel end if we do not go and share? Will you be like my mom's response on the morning of 9-11, being so astonished by the news of the resurrection that you do nothing? Or will you encounter the living Christ and faithfully follow him? Let me leave you with one last quote from Edwards' commentary when he says, The resurrection does not magically dispel fear and cowardice, transforming fallible human characters into faithful disciples. Faithful discipleship consists of following Jesus, not contemplating doing so acting courageously on his behalf, not standing on the sidelines and watching. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out more podcasts just like this, you can go to Bethel.ch and you'll find amazing selections of podcasts and much more. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us with podcasts at Bethel.ch. See you next time.